Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Don Baxter. I am recently appointed CEO of Salon Graphite, and um, I'm a mining engineer. I, I came from uh, being on the board of Salon to taking over as our previous CEO wanted to retire. So with my background as a mining engineer and running several other graphite companies, uh, it made sense uh, for me to do that, to expedite the process and to pick up and bring the company further at a little more rapid pace, let's say. Um, my background, most recent one, I was CEO of Alabama Graphite. It was taken over by a NASDAQ company. They liked my business model. And it was the first, I have to say, the first mine to battery um, project that was out there. There's many, many more since, but I was the first. So I've been doing this for a while. Uh, so I think we have some pretty exciting things coming forward with Salon. Brilliant. Don, lovely to uh, meet you. We met your predecessor back in uh, December. It was a story that seemed quite complicated to us. Uh, so I'm delighted that you're coming on the show to talk about the was it Salon Graphite version 2.0. Um, we're yeah. hopefully going to hear about today. Um, so, I mean, tell us a little bit about you. So you started selling, well, you told us a little bit about your, your background. Can, we, can you get into the weeds there about what you did? They like your business model. What does that mean? Well, I, again, I, I started, I recognized about 2012. Um, I was with another company, another public company at the time as president that we were approached by a couple of Japanese companies to look at, you know, can, can you start working on spherical graphite? and purification methods that aren't, aren't like the Chinese, um, basically nasty hydrofluoric acid. So knowing this was coming, this wave of, of demand is gonna be coming. So I've been working on this for a while. I progressed through a couple of other companies, gradually realizing that the real interest in graphite is not graphite and selling, um, selling, uh, selling graphite concentrate. The world doesn't need more graphite concentrate. It needs battery ready anode graphite. Um, so I, I did that with, I recognized that the, the, the project in, in Southern Alabama was, it was lower grade. It was, it was, it was small flake. Um, so, which is sort of counter to some of the small, lower grade, large flake deposits in Canada that I dealt with. So I recognize that we're not going to make a lot of money and have a lot of interest in the, in the, in the, um, in the product by just trying to sell flake, uh, the money, the margins in the process to make and sell coated spherical graphite. So we did that, um, took it through PA level and um, showed that the margin is tremendous with a uh, starting small scale um, mining uh, and then taking it down the road and um, making coated spherical graphite out of it. Uh, we were progressing further to add little bits of you know, silicon and whatnot, but we were looking at a base case uh, scenario there in that, that model. Um, we were approached uh, by a company that now owns the property, took it over and everything. Um, so um, they liked the business model. I didn't really care, care to stay there. I left and then went on to do things myself privately to continue developing processes for doing this. Um, and then joined the board at Salon Graphite uh, just probably January 2020, just pre-COVID as an independent director, um, knowing I was probably going to be a little bit of mission creep as far as with my background to get more and more involved. Um, and then uh, just recently uh, knowing you know, Bharat, uh, as you mentioned, my predecessor was wanting to retire. Um, so the quickest way to let that happen was for me to step up. So um, I think I'll bring a, a 
new perspectives to things. Um, I am a mining engineer after all. I do have a lot of focus in on the processing of graphite. And I recognize that, um, again, the need for, for graphite is not processed concentrate primary process. It's secondary coated spherical graphite. The demand for that is going to exceed 3 million tons, according to Bench, if you look at what Benchmark puts out there. Um, and you look at the number of, of gigawatt factories that are being built. And if you just do a quick math, every gigawatt um, of a factory capacity is 1,200 tons of processed graphite. So the world needs a lot of this and they need it you know, quicker than they think. Um, looking, at, looking at coming out of COVID, it's accelerated this whole process of the need for this. Um, yeah, well, we'll come, we'll come to that. Don, Don, I don't want, I don't sure. want to go into the market stuff yet. I, I want to stick with you. I want to understand you more. So, okay, so you've described what they liked in terms of your, 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 your strategy, your, 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 the, your model, as it were. So what did you do there? And what are the similarities between what you did there and what you think you've got to do here? That's what, that's what okay. interests me. You know, and, and also maybe a little bit about the team that you've either got bringing on board or need to get to be able to deliver that. So um, recognizing what, what Salon Graphite is um, and what it can be is one thing that I've been, I've been I just say, not actually watching from the sidelines a bit, but I'm, I'm looking at what we're assembling here. I'm looking at, you know, the first producing mine in Sri Lanka. And I recognize that, okay, the, the entire island of Sri Lanka has maybe only produced about you know, three to 5,000 tons a year, you know, since, uh, since its heyday in the 40s. And so with that, I'm looking at, you know, talking with other tier one cell manufacturers thinking they're going to want to see 15 to 30,000 tons of production in order for, to get their, get their attention. So we're looking at developing, um, you know, we have K1 right now, M1 is, is coming on stream within a couple of months. Um, and then there's going to be, you know, mine six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, basically, um, to get to the point where we can produce 50,000 tons of vein graphite. And the difference here with what I'm seeing with vein graphite is that first of all, each mine is $2 million CapEx. It's not the 150 million plus of a flake mine and nothing against the flake mines. We need lots of them. Um, my background is flake mining, but vein graphite is unique in the fact that in the ground it's above 90% carbon. So the interesting thing there is that we don't need to build a primary processing plant. There's no tailings. First of all, there's no drilling and blasting. There's no open pit. There's no open open pit mining allowed in Sri Lanka. So everything's underground. It's small scale. I have some ideas of how to mechanize and improve that production capacity um, uh, to open multiple faces. So we may be able to get more production out of each mine. Right now, we're based on you know ultimately five thousand tons per mine. Um, I want to increase that. Uh, if I can double it, great. Uh, I'll increase it some amount. I'm not sure just how much. I have to set foot on the on Sri Lanka soon, which I'm waiting for the COVID restrictions to lift. So with that, I'm going to look at that as, as the key component. This salon will not be about selling vein graphite. It will be about selling coated spherical graphite for batteries. Um, now, we have an excellent team in place. Um, uh, we have uh, two PhD um, uh, scientists, a, a chemist and a physicist um, who I'm working with. Um, they are on board with Salon. Um, we have, ex we all, the three of us have combined experience in, in mining and ultimately processing and making the secondary product. So Salon Graphite right now is a small company. Um, there's no question of that. 
but we have combined experience within this company that expand goes well beyond that, what you'd expect to find out of a small 25 million market cap company. Um, uh, again, I'm a mining engineer. I've spent a lot of time in, in, and there's a lot of trial and error in, in developing the technologies for this, um, doing it in an environmentally sustainable manner. Um, and I, I've said that to a couple of the OEMs who've actually come to talk to us, which is, is different from even a year ago, you wouldn't have seen that. Um, they're looking and I'm saying, you know, we have a team here. We look small right now, but the potential is, is tremendous. Um, we don't have the high capex to, to, um, to build the mines that others need to get finance in order to do to build, you know, $150 million to build a small plant and mine uh, to then have to spend money on the secondary processing. We just jump right to secondary processing. Uh, that's something I've been working on for, for quite some time. And in parallel with, with uh, doctors, uh, Steve and Malika Baum, who I'm working with, they're based in Cambridge. Uh, we're in the center of this sort of technical revolution where it comes to battery materials. And we know how to do it. There's no learning curve. It's a question of, of taking what we we're already doing and supplying, which we can readily do now, supply, you know, the, the I can't say the OEMs we're talking with right now, but supply them with the material they need. And not only the material they need, a baseline, straight natural graphite, we're working with silicon enhancements to those um, materials that I, I strongly believe will be the anode material of, of the future. Okay, let's say you are the right person and the guys that you've, you've got, the guys working in Cambridge, UK, we're talking about here, are the, are the right people. I'm trying to understand whether you've inserted and, and, and you've got the skills necessary to, to deliver to the OEMs, right? I'm trying to work out if you've you know, back the right horse here. That, that's what, as an investor, what I care about. So if we, if, if, if we go to the mining side of this, because there's two sides to it, there's mining, underground mining, getting this out of the ground at scale, because it's high-grade stuff. Um, so one assumes the, the economics are there. And then the two, as you say, the secondary processing, so, you know, the, the, the spherical uh, graphite, et cetera, is, is, is a, sort of a, the next issue here. So let's go back to Sri Lanka. Ceylon of old, and you've got a you've got a bunch of mines, underground mines. They're small, so an OEM yeah. talking to you is going to say, "Can you not only deliver me technically, but can you deliver at a scale with certainty?" So how how do you answer those questions? Well, so so with that, again, we have first of all we have mine one in production, so it's it's there. Um, if you want to call that the first, uh, not say trial case, but the first production ready mine. So. We bring that on stream and, and mine it, hoist graphite. Um, we're actually adding, again, my, my task is to get there um, and take some of my early, very first uh, mining days were with, with Inco um, and Naranda. Uh, both companies have, have, have gone now. They're both ballet and I don't know where Naranda disappeared into. <laughs> but um, so taking some of that obviously large scale mining um, experience, scaling it down, vein mining, I mean, some of these veins are, are six feet wide, 94, 95, even 97. Our current operating phase, mining phase is 97 carbon. So um, it's done very traditionally, very manual. Um, I'm looking at some machines, electric uh, machines um, coming in that have uh, capacities to, you know, small scale uh, from other industries to come in in order to look to mechanize this. And I'm looking at, at the method, methods used today and they may be the same as they were used 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 
um, and, and to mechanize that and, and looking at these machines that can, you know, basically mine through, selectively mine through this material at a much faster rate than the current methods. So with that, looking at, you know, you know, versus, you know, hoisting the mine design parameters, hoisting material, which they're doing now, we have the ability to put in edits so we can get quicker material moving out versus having to wait and hoist materials. So with that, those are the kind of things I'm looking at. We are making some whole scale changes in personnel in Sri Lanka. Um, I'll have a new mine manager in place who is Sri Lankan. He's got experience working in, in the, the government mine, um, Kataga, which is 2000 feet deep. Um, it's been producing for quite some time. He's also worked, um, I believe he's also dual passport in Australia. He's worked with BHP. He's worked with other internationally recognized companies. So, you know, he'll get it a little more. He's not just ingrained in, in how things are done in Sri Lanka. So this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to bring my mining background to Sri Lanka in order to direct and, and work out the long-term planning of this. And then, as I say, we have second mine is already underway. The one thing that um, with Salon has done, again, prior to my, my joining was to zero in it, capture all the land, capture the mining areas, this is a regional geologic uh, area. Um, so we've got that land tied up, uh, looking at developing the mines. They've been doing some other exploration, but not to the extent of, you know, say drilling off. So you've got, you know, measured, indicated, and inferred. This is a different deposit. So what they've done is they've targeted, they've modeled it. Um, I'm actually, one of the things I'll do too is to be able to take those models and we'll validate them. Right now, they weren't able to talk about 43101 resources. I know I've got in the one particular area, I know there's a, a 50,000 ton block of 95 carbon vein sitting there that is historic. Um, I have a geologist who did all that work. He's now just getting his full um, qualifications. He has a PhD from a uh, university in the UK. Um, he's now a fellow with the London Geological Society. He becomes a charter. He can instantly validate. So I can come out now to an OEM and say, here's our, you know, here's our resource, here's our resources we have now. So behind saying we've got mine one, mine two, mine three, and, and up to up to mine 10, we now have the, you know, here's the here's the resource and mine plan. Here's the five-year, 10-year plan to back that up. It's certified by um, I mean, I'm a QP um, mining engineer. I can't sign off on our own resources, obviously, but um our our surprise don't You'd be surprised at the amount of times we see that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't operate that way, but uh, um, as I say, the one thing I recognize is that I needed to get um, uh, Ranjith get his 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 record. He had everything; he's fully qualified, but he wasn't recognized by a body that the, the TSX recognizes as a you know, as a, a you know regulated. Okay, so, so, so that, that will happen very quickly. Right, that'll happen very very quickly. Okay. You're dropping in OEM because people get excited when you when people hear OEM. Battery revolution happening apparently. So you sound to me like you're quite far off from working out how you go about tackling mine one. And I know you talked about you know six six feet intervals, but that's the big number, the little number, you know, one feet. So you've got to work out how you come at that. The thing in your favor, so I mean, is the grade. Because you know, yeah. grade can hide a lot of sin because there's margin there, and you can have a few guys that are trying to work it out. So, how long do you think you need to, uh, before you can work out the optimum way of doing this? Uh, uh, quite frankly, I think once I set foot on the ground, see what they've got. I know 
Um, I've communicated with one of the mining engineers we have there. Um, I know we've got 3D models of those veins, the mines themselves. So, so within that, um, it's a matter of just bringing, uh, just say even my North American standards or Western standards to those mines and very quickly, you know, solidifying that mine plan, mine design. And, you know, maybe we got, we got one vein here that's six feet. We got one over here, it's two feet. We got one. So it's a matter of scheduling that, planning that, um, planning out the tonnage that we'll, we'll hoist from that um, along with where we can, you know, expedite some of that with, with some mechanized methods. Um, and again, with that, um, very quickly validate, let's just say the, we're not right today. We're not allowed to talk about a resource or a, a you know, tonnage number of years out. I will very quickly be able to say valid, we've validated that model that we have in existence and, and with, with our, our newly qualified QP, um, uh, in the eyes of the exchange, we can, we can instantly say, yeah, we have, we have five years here of this mining in this vein. Here's the vein. We're going to mine it at this rate. Um, we have that. So it's not a matter of, of going back and trying to figure out how we're going to do this. It's a question of seeing what we've already got and what I, we, I can now talk about. Um, today I can't say I can, I can, uh, I can hoist next month because the exchange won't let us say we've got tonnage or we've got out there. So, but I can, once we have that validated, it's all there. I just have to get, you know, the, the stamp. And I get a stamp from on Ranjit's um, charter from London, and uh, we're instantly, we're good to go. Okay, because so I mean, that's, that's what gets here's the, here's the thing that kind of confused me when I spoke, um, you know, back in December to um, Barath, is that he was using the language of, oh, we've got 10 mines. We've got, yeah. you know, we've got all the technical ability over here. You know, it was a maybe thirty million dollar company then. It's what a twenty five, twenty six million dollar company now. It was like kind of almost like language of talking like way ahead of itself. You are exploration stage at the moment, equivalent. I know it's slightly different. That's what it feels. It's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you know, it does. It may feel that way. Yes, and I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, I don't. I can't dispute what you're saying. Um, But all I say is, we do have a production mine. And it was, it hoisted the first graphite pre-COVID. So, of course, everything you know has gone on there. So that, that has delayed us in saying, okay, we're, we've hoisted graphite and then, you know, we get delays. We've got start and stop, start and stop because of COVID. Um, again, with, with this approach that I'm bringing to the table from an engineering perspective, um, it, it gives me, I mean, I, I know as far as we can say, I'm not saying we have 10 mines today. I'm saying we have 10 mines very quickly. We, get, we have mine one. Mine two is 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 ready to go within two months of permitting, notwithstanding when the when the people the GSMB are in the office have you know COVID lockdowns or whatnot. Um, that in and of itself gives us you know from my perspective from being coming from a, a developer or let's say another flake mine, I've got a, I've got a feasibility study sitting there. I've got a I've got a four three one one resource. You know I've got fifty million tons. Um, I don't have a mine. I need to raise one hundred and fifty million dollars to build this mine and plant. Um, or maybe more than that. And it's probably too small. Um, and the economics are based on mining graphite and, and, and looking at the basket price of large, medium, fine flake. This mine, and multiple, plenty of, of you know, say, ultimately multiples of mines. Vein graphite is unique in the fact that our mining costs are $200 a ton. 
vein graphite on its own sells for out of in the bag from the mine sells for $2,000 a ton. So my argument is that this mine is profitable selling vein graphite. A flake mine in North America, hard rock flake mine is not profitable selling graphite flake. The, the model has to continue through to the, to the batteries. And a, and a company like Nouveau Mond is doing that. They're saying they, their feasibility study today may still be based on selling graphite, and it is, but they recognize that they've got, they've got to take it further, the second transformation into anode graphite. So I'm looking at these mines in, 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 in Sri Lanka. Yes, they are small. Uh, and that's my first thing I said when I joined the board, I said, you know, you're not going to get anybody excited about 5,000 tons a year. We need to get to, you know, I said 30,000 before that happens. And and ultimately 50,000 tons. So we have to, as we develop, as we grow. And the thing is, we don't want to be 50,000 tons tomorrow because you look at Asira resources, they were nameplate capacity, 300,000 tons of flake. They came out to produce 100,000 tons of flake and they shut down because they were, I mean, I knew before, they were too big, too big, too soon. Even 100,000 tons is too big, too soon. Um, and I think they've proven that. They never got their basket price. Um, they shut down. I don't I think they may be looking to start up now, but they recognize they have a small plant they're trying to put in, in Louisiana for spherical graphite. I'm not sure what their purification is. It was originally hydrofluoric acid. Um, but all I'm saying is that to look at, at Salon Graphite, small company right now, yes, we're going we're gonna to grow um, ultimately out to 10 mines, maybe more. Um, there's some other things I'm working on, some other partnerships within the island I can't talk about right now which could also expand that capacity. I'm talking with certain levels within the country. See, look, we're gonna do what, and I, I don't wanna sound like a mining promoter, which I may for a second, but from an engineering perspective, I know I can bring this up to the capacity. The, the, the graphite's there, there's no question about it. But historically, it's been there. Sri Lanka is the only place, no matter what's said, the only place where vein graphite is. I know there's some others talking about trying to talk about vein graphite, but it's you know 40% in the ground, or it's probably more amorphous than vein. But this is unique. Vein graphite, once you process it, it has a higher capacity for a battery than flake graphite. We need lots of flake graphite for batteries, but vein graphite on its own is better. So, and again, talking with with who I've got, we have we have experience um, right now. We're, we're making batteries in in, in Cambridge and in the UK right now. Um, and we have baseline, basically vein graphite um, parameters with that. We'll, we'll, give the, we'll have the technical data sheets for that. Um, we have silicon enhancements that we're doing right now. So, um, so when you're talking to the end, potential end users um, and you're saying, you know, we're gonna give you technical data sheets on baseline and, and, and silicon addition um, with some unique things that we've been able to, we just announced a patent for um, few layer graphene, not a patent, but a license. Um, I've never been a fan of, of talking about graphene. A lot of junior mining companies in the past have talked about it. I think it's, it was, then it was purely promotional. You know, a junior mining company, as I thought, had no business talking about graphene. Um, with our, our inclusion in our team of, of, of doctors, uh, Siva and Malika Baum, um, Again, she's a PhD physicist. He's a PhD chemist. Um, we have this in-house capability that we've drawn into Salon Graphite. So again, we are a small company today, no doubt. Um, however, um, we are 
you know, big on experience within this. So there's no learning curve in doing this. Do we have to scale up our process? Yes. One thing I've been doing privately is on the furnace side of things, continuous um, um, uh, purification methods. Um, so we're ready to hit the ground running there. It's within my private entity, but we're, you know, that will transfer over to, to Salon. And the biggest thing, and, I, and I've, I've learned um, to do this, I'm looking at this, and I remember walking out of a, of a, of a, um, a plant in, or a, a group in, in Tokyo when I was with the other company still. Um, and they said they're going to need 9,000 tons a year of spherical graphite. That's probably not what they, they're going to need. Um, if you look at what the, the, the announcements that Volkswagen has made, if you look at the gigawatt hours they want by 2030, they're going to need, I calculated, 288,000 tons of processed graphite. So we need lots of companies doing this, what we're, what we're doing. Um, again, starting small, I think, is, is the way to go. Again, Sierra is the best example, starting too big too soon. And I think they, you know, whoever ends up running that company or by, I think a Chinese will end up with that mine um, and, and the product will probably go into China. So we can provide an alternative. I think, um, again, developing smaller mines, um, first of all, from an ESG footprint, uh, and, and what is so important now in investing, we're finding, and, and the OEMs are, it's, it's on their checklist almost as much as, as say, their, um, uh, you know, with the, the product you can make, your technical capabilities, is what's your ESG footprint? All our mines are underground in Sri Lanka, and they will, all, all of them will be. The, the two mines we have, and all, all of them will be underground. Um, we're looking to, you know, again, there's some partnerships we're working at to help us maybe more quickly um, uh, add to that tonnage production. And maybe our next interview, I can tell you a bit more about that. Um, but uh, it's a question of, of being, showing you have the technical capability to make that product. Graphite mining is not about having, ton it's about having tons in the ground, uh, but, but it's also about your ESG footprint um, we don't have tailings, we don't have waste rock dump, uh, we don't have that primary processing to deal with. We go straight to a secondary process because we have such a high grade okay. deposit. Okay, so right, so let, let's let's come back a bit because there's, there's a lot lot going. I know you've got so much to say, and you, you know you're the new guy here, and you you've got you know a vision in your head. But I, I'm trying to understand it. So I'm glad you talk about scale, or you appreciate the fact that you need to get scale going. You know, whether it be thirty thousand or fifty thousand ton, that sort of quantum, not five. Okay, so you're still describing them as mines. So are these previously um, producing mines that you're talking about, or you, or do you mean to use another word? No, no, they're 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 mines. They were previously. So when we, what I understand is how these this, we have 128 grids, and that's how the entire island is, is split up into grids. So we were able to early again. We it wasn't me then, but um, the original, the original, the founders, the original uh, people who put this package together um, went to the GSMB archives and and which is the mining authority in Sri Lanka and went to where all the old mines were. They used to only mine the surface. The old pits, um, the veins come from deep underground right up through through to the surface. So, all the mining activity historic has been surface. Is it more than so, artisanal, or is it a little bit more industrial than that? It was, it was industrial because at the time Sri Lanka did produce. In the, you know, I think from, uh, prior to World War II and up to two is that they produce all of it, um, a lot of the graphite, and then post World War II, other sources came and then they they fell off. So. These old mining pits are still there. 
Um, and they follow the veins. So the veins, you can see them, and you just follow them underground. Brilliant. Okay. In so some cases. So, so, so that's so they're there. Um, do you think there's a disconnect between the way the company has tried to accelerate into you know producing cash flow because it's you know it's nice simple mining you could get some stuff off you you put a bit of um, product out there in the market for people to test but you also you sold some. It's a very entrepreneurial. You know, I'm not speaking ill of your your predecessor, but he was a bit more entrepreneurial in, in spirit. Um, versus what you're talking about doing is possibly and what the market would may want to see, which is a more conventional approach with a few more checks and balances in place through studies, through engineering, you know, through mine plans, and just give a little bit more certainty, which is a word I used right at the beginning here, which OEMs are going to want. Give me scale and give yeah. me certainty that you can deliver. Is that the bit that's been missing? I, I, it is. And... And 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 I'll, I'll, I don't disagree with their approach right off the bat, but it does right now as of today it does handcuff us a little bit because although you've got a producing mine, you can't talk about a resource or reserve. So that's what I'm going to fix and hope very quickly. Um, I know that you know there, there's there are there are technical reports there, there are studies there. Uh, we just need to validate um, those. With our, our, you know, a new uh, Q, or not new QP, our very qualified geologist there, um, who will be recognized as a QP today. He is not, um, so he can't. He's done the work, but he can't stamp it. Yeah, in very short order, he can stamp it, and then I can use that for my long-term mine planning, which hasn't been done before. Um, the 3D models that we have can all be validated and used in that process. Right, so yes, okay. we will bring that to a quantifiable amount. Good. Okay. So I didn't want to sort of run off ahead of ourselves there. I want to focus on what's important yeah. to the market, which is we need almost be a little bit more conventional, less entrepreneurial, a little bit more certainty about the future than hand to mouth because no one's got an idea of how big or what the potential is or what the economics are, quite frankly. That scares people. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so you're going to do all of the above with, with the new team that you're, you've brought in and, and will continue to, to bring in. Now let's talk about the technical component. You know, um, you, you're obviously talking about spherical graphite there as where you want to focus because you've got the product to be able to deliver that. Technically, you're working with guys in, so it's, but it's lab, we're at lab stage here, right? Cambridge, uh, yes no. Manchester. Um, is yeah. that the the two the, te- the some, where the IP where the intelligence sets? You've also mentioned some IP that you can bring in here, and which which you're going to do what? Sell to the company? Give to the company? How's that work? Uh, well, first of all, um, one of the things I recognized early on is that we need to do this at scale. Um, so I, one of the things I've been doing behind the scenes or on my own private, um, and I still have a private entity that can has kept working on this technology and and to do it at scale. Um, I walked out of another meeting with a, with a, with a, a off the shelf spherinization machine company in, in Japan uh, a couple of years ago. And we account, we've been at a different lab. We've been using their machine, which is, 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 you know, they're what they produce. You can take the data from that and scale it up. And I very re- quickly realized that um, this machine at full capacity will only do, you know, 400 tons a year. I said, that's, that's crazy. We get, we need tens of, tens of thousands of tons. So one of the things I've gone on from there is look at the other other components of this whole process to say, you know, we have to do this at tens of thousands of tons. So um, that's what I sort of bring to the table here is that yes, privately been working on on the um, uh, on the 
full-scale furnaces, multiple tons per hour feed through versus, you know, we've gone from grams to kilograms to now multiple, you know, several hundred kilograms an hour um, to scale up to the units that are, 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 you know, five tons an hour, let's say. Um, same thing with the spheronizing, you know, picking the right machine that will do, instead of doing, you know, 700 tons or 300 tons a year, we can do it with, um, you know, at, at 3,000 tons a year per unit. So you put in multiple units, obviously, for what your scale is going to be. And, and you keep adding to that as you, as you build up your, your capacity. So that comes into play. That, that takes time. And that is something that Salon doesn't have to do. There's no trial and error in deciding what machine we're going to use. Let's test this. Let's test that. We come in and we do it now. Who's we? Because um, you're, you're the CEO of this company. Okay. Who's we? Yes. The we is, again, myself and my technical team. So you talk about my technical team in, in, in the UK. We're dealing with labs. But we're also dealing with the manufacturers whose machines we're going to use. So we know what that, if we're making, you know, 10 kilograms of spherical graphite with this machine, we know that that machine that we're going to buy from them off the shelf will do 3,000 tons a year. So we know from that perspective, you know, we place our order for that machine within the delivery time. Um, we've got that capacity to scale up quicker. Um, so the learning curve on the, on the, on the, the, the doesn't exist. So, so you, you asked about, you know, is there, am I just going to give the technology to Salon? Well, there's just some give and take between what I was doing privately and what Salon's been doing. So as they say, some of the IP, for example, um, on, on even the particle itself, the, the, the spheronized particle, what we do with the silicon, that, that isn't something that even could be another product, how we deal with the silicon before it gets put in with the graphite. That particular, that particular thing that we've done with the graphene, I, what I meant earlier talking about graphene, uh, we're able to fun, basically functionalize it, use it in, in an application versus just having, you know, making graphene, which is, 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 you know, you need to have a product for it. So we'll have multiple uses, but we, by having the license for this few layer of graphene, we can use that within our process. And each, each particle we have, each spheronized particle may be, our, our, our process could be something that would be, you know, obviously it's going to be IP, um, but it could be something that could be transferred elsewhere or sold or monetized in other manner. So um, that experience, and, and I fully recognize you, you say pointing out that you know, we, we're doing it in kilogram scale and whatnot, but everything we're looking at, we know the end, end source uh, or the end machine that we have will be able to do this at, you know, tons versus kilograms. So the scaling up where we've, um, and, and, and uh, Dr. Spahn that I'm working with as well, um, have worked with Graphite for quite some time. Um, uh, Malika was with um, um, Talga at one point. So they did a lot of work with Talga. I think Talga is fairly recognized in, 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 the, in the space and what they've done. Um, I've, you know, Mark Thompson's done some good things there as well. So um, I think, again, I think looking at, at what, the experience again we've assembled within salon you know a tiny company right now the potential of what we got and as i've said to others is that you know we don't have a learning curve at this point we still have to build out you know do we have the physical facilities right now no we're, we're using you know manufacturer where we're we're, 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 um, we're using their uh, work but we, we we're working with the manufacturers uh, especially with the uh, with the sterilization machines um and now we're we're using the university facilities right now at, 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 um, at to work for, we're making batteries there right now as we speak. 
So we'll have that information flow pretty quick along with our formulations. And, and again, we have the, the, you know, the trial and error and, and time put in to, to decide what that bigger process will look like. Okay, as a, as a new CEO to, to Salon, um, so have you sat on the board of any other companies or been CEO of any other companies, public companies? Yes, uh, I think earlier on I mentioned I was CEO of Alabama Graphite. You were CEO, okay, um, cool. Taken over, and prior to that, I was um, president and chief operating officer of, of um, Focus Graphite. So that was public, and prior to that, public company was I was president of Northern Graphite. So I've, I've come through that. The, the, the graphite ranks, but as I've come along through there, I've, I've, I've you know, picked up and, and continued to work on the, the battery processing technologies and being an engineer, that's something that I've focused on a lot, knowing that is the future of graphite. That's what, that's what interests people and that's what the market is. So, um, so it's been a process where, you know, it'll culminate in the benefits to Salon, what I've done, you know, for others over the past. Okay, fine. And how much cash have you got in the bank today? Uh, we're just around the two million range. We raised four million uh, um, just prior to October. Um, so um, we have some warrants not, not coming up, and, and we have some other things in the works. So one of the things I'm looking at doing, obviously, is getting the word out, getting more interest on on the um, on the um, on the story, and and looking to um, accelerate some of the some of the milestones there. And, and I think we'll probably look at. Uh, you know, doing a raise in, in, in the fall. Um, we may have some other announcements prior to that that may may change that need, let's say, uh, things I can't talk about. But um, right now, from our, our burn rate and what we're doing right now, we have, you know, we're, we're in good shape. Okay, fine. Um, well, let, 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 let's leave it there, Don, because I think that's a, a nice reintroduction to the new team, to the new story, to the new way of looking at this less entrepreneurial, a bit more process driven, which is always good to hear. Um, and maybe you can come back on and you know get get into just help us all understand. Because the other difficulty with graphite is people just don't understand it. They I, absolutely. <laughs> and I as I say I've been I've been you know, I've been chicken little running around for as the graphite side for eons. But even even now you look at someone like um, I just read a post uh, Simon Morse put out about, you know, it's great to talk about all these factories being built, but comes down to you got to feed these factories with raw materials um, and you, you may have an empty building you can't you know ready to make batteries but if you don't have the input materials so my view is that we need a lot of companies doing what just what we're going to do so I think there's um, you know there's a need for it there's a need for you know the OEMs and, and whoever to look at knowing there's enough supply out there so the more the better in some respect so you know you talk about technologies and sharing technologies that you know, the competitive nature is there, but there's, I think there's some companies also that can ultimately, you know, work together to the benefit. You know, if you have a, um, a tier one cell manufacturer and they know they've got two solid or three solid sources of, of, of material, um, that's going to give them a lot of confidence to, you know, to keep supplying their General Motors or Ford or whomever's getting the material Volkswagen. So, um, again, I think there are some from the old days of the graphite space, it was pretty backbiting and pretty, uh, you know, pretty, uh, uh, I wasn't exactly excited about getting back in front of a public company, quite frankly. Um, I'm starting to, you know, enjoy it again, but I'm more excited by what I know I can do here. I'm more excited as an engineer looking at this and put the legs underneath it. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I think the next time we talk, we'll have some, uh, uh, you know, pretty good meaty discussion, let's say on further what I'm, what I've done versus not what I'm going to do. 
Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.